welcome to WonderPod, episode 298. Two more shows to go. I really hadn't planned, 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 planned on uh, doing that at any point, but it just, it kind of felt right as I was doing the intro, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, joining me this week, he's such a Superman that we replaced three people from last week with him. It's John. <laughs> Hey, hey, everybody. Superman. Yeah, why not? <laughs> he was gone on a work trip. But next week, the the, the show before the final show, uh, we will be able to have Glacinator back with us because we're recording on a different day. Inside baseball, you don't give a shit. Trust me, it's nothing nothing spectacular. But, uh, so it'll be John and I tonight. Um, I am finally, you've heard me babble about it before, I was telling John that <laughs> I'm going to take some pictures. Sitting to my left is a Bare bone, the bare bones chassis of a PC case. I am building my new rig. Just before the show, I went through the still nerve-wracking, but not as nerve-wracking as the old days, process of putting the CPU on the motherboard and then the heatsink on that. Uh, I may have, in fact, screwed up the heatsink, part of something I didn't tell John before. But from all indications, the alignment is fine, but the motherboard uh, instructions said to put the uh the wire or put align it so that the plug for the cpu fan is close to the pins it goes into on the motherboard and i just missed and didn't the funny thing I th about that i think it's going to be absolutely fine i didn't see any clearance issues it's seated on the motherboard or on the on the uh, cpu so it should do its job as a heat sink and a fan but the funny thing is, is if i'd done it exactly as the instructions had said the intel logo would have been upside down Really? I don't know if that. Yeah, I don't know if that's MSI trying to tell Intel something or what. <laughs> As it is, and me being somewhat OCD, it's sideways right now. <laughs> I'm kind of driving me bonkers, but I don't really want to clean off all the thermal paste and do it again. I'm going to fire it up, and if it run, runs and it's not hurting anything, which I don't see any reason why it would be. The internet tells me mostly Tom's hardware. Great forum if you're wondering about PC crap. Uh, which has actually been around since I built my last computer, which was well over a decade ago. Um, I don't say, I don't think it's going to be an issue. I might I might uh, move the fan uh, the fan connector a little bit, zip tight something so it doesn't so it's never in the way. But I've had wires way way wonkier than that running around <laughs> on a, near a CPU cooler. But the one thing I did want to say, the only reason I'm bringing it up, I know we don't, I know, I know we generally don't talk about building PCs and all that stuff, and we've talked about tinkering ad nauseum. But that's what's interesting about it. Uh, there were like probably five or six pieces of this build, the way I had it assembled in my mind to the steps I wanted to take that were just yeah. nerve jangling and very uh, annoying and frustrating back in the day. And I have to say, at least with the Corsair case I ordered or I've got. They have made so many improvements in 10 to 12 years that make things so much easier. I'm blown away enough by the, the, the advancements in PC cases and fans and other things I've been playing with today, at least the last couple hours this afternoon, um, that I, I had to say something about it on the show. I mean, and the reason I bring it up is, John, you've, you use different stuff at work. Uh, we all use different equipment and tools, and a lot of times you're like, man, if this tool just did this, it'd be so much better, and companies never change it. It seems like it it takes, you know, just an act of 
God, if you if you believe in that, or just an act of nature to make them change, make a simple change that would make life so much easier. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you run into that with things that you use, whether it be at work or at home? Oh, lots of times. I mean, everything from from equipment side to just simple spreadsheets, like or or forms and stuff. Just one small change would make everything flow so much smoother and less screwing around. All the time. Well, yeah, and that's that's kind of how I felt the last time I built a PC, and quite frankly, part of the reason why I've just bought my last two rigs and then and then modified them to what I want or modified them as much as I could. Mm-hmm. At, at least four things that that used to be frustrating, possible, but really frustrating, and might throw a novice or somebody who was interested but a little leery. They've made so much easier. And and while you were reading that article, we're going to talk about here in a second, John, and I was farting around i looked at some other pc cases and it looks like most of them have gone to a lot of the things i like uh that, that make it easier so well done well done companies various and and sundry around pc gaming because like you said john one simple fix and you keep getting the next iteration of the of the software or the tool and it's still not fixed and it's still not been changed you know so to see it at see things actually being improved is it, even if a decade has elapsed, I understand that that's a long period of time, especially in the internet where things are like 30 second gifts and 200 words or you're screwed, well, excuse me, 140 or you're screwed. Um, you know, it's, it's just nice. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just, I'm happy and short of me breaking anything else. And I don't really think I will because everything else I've done a hundred thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> I should have that bad boy up and running tomorrow night. And uh, sweet, I got a I got a good first game to test with because uh, good old Stuart and Agent K have decided to start playing Ark Survival Evolved again, and that game between the fact that it does have a lot of textures and things and it's never been optimized no matter how many times the fucking studio lies about it in their updates, uh, it beats the living shit out of the sci five. <laughs> Uh, i5 Intel processor. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I, I definitely have a game that I'm going to uh, test it out with immediately. And funnily enough, I think that's probably going to be more of a headache is getting Windows installed and then switching, making sure my Steam account gets on, you know, the other computer, this and that. And and then slowly over time, I'll start deleting crap off of this one until it just becomes recording audio slash making videos, rendering videos box. Mm-hmm. And, until my mother's blows up, and then I'll just reset it to factory. So I'm not going to upgrade this one to Windows 10. I might upgrade the upgrade the gaming rig before July, um, because July 29th they're going to take the upgrade away. I have a sneaking That's suspicion right. that may not happen. I think Windows is. I think Microsoft is starting to see that the profit potential in OS they make money more money elsewhere, and so I think you could see them maybe finally make the switch to what Mac does. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but that's my suspicion. Maybe July 29th they'll cut it off. But Windows 10 has come far enough for gaming, at least, that I may upgrade. I may go ahead and upgrade it, and then I can play some of the Windows Live or whatever the bullshit they're calling it now, games. <laughs> um, but the first thing I wanted to talk about is I showed John uh, 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 Change.org, which is has its good points. Change.org is probably skewed to one political set of beliefs versus another, meaning it's not neutral. 
I wouldn't call it completely neutral. It's not flaming one side or the other. If you're familiar with change.org, you probably know which side you're talking about. I'm talking about. But frankly, I don't care. That's why I talk about it like this. It's not like, ooh, I'm on the other side, so I'm not going to name them. No, I don't give a fuck. It, it, until they become a nuisance, and then I give a fuck. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a change.org petition that did actually stay up. I was fully expecting us to get a 404 error when we <laughs> when we did the show, because I found this on like Saturday or Sunday, I want to say, or maybe even Friday of last week, um, to have the Washington Post review removed from Uncharted's Metascore. <laughs> now, I'm going to go to Metacritic. I forgot to do that before, so noisy keyboard, noisy keyboard. Um, it's the only bad review. This is the first thing we're going to talk about off the top. Is it's the only bad review for you know, for um, fuck, come on, I I hate the way they changed their uncharted. It's back to ninety three. Let's see, let's see what it is at this. Yep, nope. Washington Post uh is still at forty, but the Toronto Sun reviewed it. I they're really heavy into games. Gave it a hundred. New York Daily News covered it. They gave it a hundred. Uh, I noticed that IGN Sweden, hello Sweden, didn't know IGN Sweden, uh, they gave it a 90. Let's see, what else do we got over here? Uh, 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 the, the Examiner, I'll give them a break. Mm-hmm. IGN Denmark is added into the Metacritic aggregator. So that's two IGN. <laughs> um, Just in case you didn't know. Dark Station, very much, I've researched them in the past, very much a PlayStation Homer website. PlayStation Lifestyle gave it 100. So did Dark Station. PlayStation Universe. <laughs> the Sixth Axis. Push Square, which is also another PlayStation. Are, are you getting where I'm going with this? Yeah. Not only is this petition moronic, but let's be honest here. As much as Metacritic's fine, I've gotten over my tantrum about Metacritic. I get that it's never going to go away, and studios are, and publishers are so fucking stupid that they... Um, are, are going to use it as a metric that's that's realistic, even though every time... And, I, and I'm not just banging on Sony. When Xbox One, when there's an Xbox One exclusive like Halo, there's all kinds of Xbox-only websites that yep. should never be added to Metacritic's aggregator, but are. I mean, Forbes is in here, really? They're a fucking business and money website, you know? Oh, and then, and then the original IGN, not to be confused with the ones in Denmark and Sweden... And then, yeah, and everybody else. How many how many reviews are in here? Did you say? Uh, it it's you? based on Nine, there's, there's 98, 98 yes. reviews. Yeah, one. Well, make sure that's the professional ones, not the idiot critic, not the idiots. Yeah, based on 98 critics, and out of those 98, whether they're homers or not, which is a by the way is a sports term meaning that they're biased to the particular brand or team. Washington Post gave it a four. They are the only ones under eight. And so, uh, well, and, and it could go down because Ars Techna, they're known for they're known for being pretty fair. CNET, yeah, not happening. Mashable, yeah, not happening. The AV Club, I thought you guys were a movie website. And Wired, pfft, you guys are still in progress. Don't, don't think it fucking matters at this point. Mm. Okay, so now that I've gotten that out of my system uh, about bashing Metacritic, because... I really shouldn't do it, but like I said, two more shows to go. Who gives a fuck? And, and obviously it should go without saying that the whiny babies with their change.org petition should shut the fuck up. Um, It's got a 93. Yeah. You know where I learned about this? What was that, Bruce? Troy Baker, who has a voice in Uncharted 4, and also a big-time voice actor that 
the the hive mind loves to nerdgasm over at everything he does. Uh, only he's probably only second to Nolan North for the oh my god, there's nothing he can do wrong. And I'm not saying that that's how he views the world or Nolan North. I respect both their voice acting talents. I think they're tremendous voice actors. But we have to look at it from the cultural side, and and the nerds are never going to. Uh, give him, you know, are, are, are always just going to fall in lockstep. This dude is the guy that retweeted this stupid change.org petition. He's a major voice in, in Uncharted 4. He may be, well, <laughs> him and Nolan North. Yeah. I don't honestly know how to feel about this. And that's why I brought it up to John and to the show. Because on one hand, the really simple answer and the really easy and cheesy answer is, dude, you're a professional. Mm -hmm. You're better than this. The game is universally loved. I, if I buy a PS4, I'm going to play all of them. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll buy them digitally through whatever PS scam PSM's running at that time. I don't think it's going to be the streaming service, quite frankly. But, you know. Get the collection. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They are on a list for me of if I ever own a piece of Sony hardware that's capable of playing them. Or God help us all, they release them to PC because, you know, money. We need it. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm -hmm. uh, just thought. That business must be really hard for some people. Either that or it's way too easy for me. I just, I don't know anymore. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, you, you know, I know it's a solid franchise, but that's that's the easy answer. I just, but I, I don't know. It's a voice actor. It's not even a, a studio dev. If it was a studio dev, it, it'd be like I was going off on one of the neighbor dactids or Cliffy. Naughty yeah. Dog usually has way more class than that, but uh, th this is kind of, I think, new territory, even for us as we wind the show down. I, I mean, he didn't say anything. You know, I can I could link you to his Twitter and you could look at it. He just basically, who the hell's messaging me on Facebook? Please. Oh, hold on. Oh, he thinks he thinks it was this Friday, not not next Friday. Yeah, I, in fact, I thought I screwed up and got you confused because I meant to put the dates. We're doing the show next Friday. You're now listening to show stuff that may or may not make it in the show, including beeping from Facebook. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of O's. Um, <laughs> if he scrolls up and reads the dates, he's really going to feel dumb. Um, that's why I wrote the dates down. Because we have confused, all three of us have confused the other two at least once with that shit. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, I, we apologize if this gets left in the show, which is lazy as I am anymore, probably will. Um, so what is your thought on a voice actor on a game that is universally praised, that there's no way in hell Sony's going to see as a failure because of one four out of ten? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was probably trolling, but who gives a fuck? It's no more trolling than, you know, I'd, I'd be surprised if some of those PlayStation sites I read off even played the game before they fucking reviewed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, fair enough, whatever. I don't give mm -hmm. a fuck. I'm not using Metacritic to determine, you know, what what I play. What do I, well, the voice, it just seems... <sighs> well, what... what... I mean, just in general, the whole idea of of this of this thing is like, what more do you want? Like, is it really, does it really offend your sensibilities that much to have one negative thing said about your your perfect little you know game? It's you know we need to be grown ups here, right? It's nobody's so butthurt over over one person's opinion, whether they're trolling or not. Like, and then and then you know to have that guy do it, just fan, he's trying to fan the fire, right? 
<clears throat> get some buzz, any buzz at all about the game, I guess, because people talking and buying more copies and more money for the guy, I guess. But geez, that's, it's just, let it go. <laughs> it's doing very, very well, like you said. Well, here's the other thing I find interesting. I'm scrolling through Nolan North's Twitter, and I count, I don't count really too many uh, discussions or tweets about Uncharted 4, whereas it's everywhere with Troy Baker. Almost every one of his tweets for the early part of May since the game or since the game launched. Oh God, the guy was born on April Fool's Day. I wonder if it tells. I wonder if it says that, Twitter now tells you what what month and day they were born. People were born. I don't give a mm. fuck. But anybody knows when. <laughs> but I mean, it's. I have to go back all the way to uh, April fourteenth, basically, before it's before uh, April twenty second is the first first uncharted tweet, and then it's just solid uncharted PR from mm-hmm. there. I, like I said, it's it's a really... I'm sure some of the audience is sitting there laughing, going, yeah, right, McGee's a fucking idiot. He's also a fucking smug prick who just rips on everything. And sometimes I am. Um, usually not that smug about it, though. I'm just a prick. Uh, it, I, I, it just it genuinely befuddled me what to think about this. Because it's like, voice talent? Dude, they're not rating your voice. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. And not to mention the fact that, let's see what he's known for. Uh, he was in The Last of Us. He was in Bioshock Infinite. He was in Batman, one of the Batmans. Uh, let's go through all filmography. Um, let's see if it let's see if it lists. I mean, the dude's done a lot of stuff. I want to see if he's actually in all the Uncharted's, or was he just in this one? But it just, it, it really was. I mean, it, was it hard for you to come up with some kind, something to say about a voice actor actually doing this? It, it just, it's really strange, I guess, is the way I want to put it. Yeah, um, it, it is it is kind of weird. I mean, if 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 nobody else from the show, from the show from the game is is harping on it, but I don't know, maybe it's just some some guy believe in his own hype, you know, like and overly sensitive about about a Metacritic score that really doesn't matter. I guess it's over. It, it's overly sensitive, and I guess I guess if you're that proud of your work. I could see you falling into that trap without thinking. I mean, obviously, it, nobody gave a shit because it's the cultural narrative and the high minder on his side as far as, oh, my God, Uncharted's the best ever Tomb Raider's a ripoff, even though it came out before it. Saw plenty of that on Twitter. It's like, really? Oh, this is better than that ripoff series Tomb Raider. Oy, oy, oy. <sighs> I just, that's, I, I'm not making fun of Troy Baker or anybody from Uncharted. They know better. <laughs> you know, it's the high mind who was born apparently after the early Tomb Raiders were out. Although Tomb Raider's been pretty consistent. Yeah, I am not finding him in any of the other Uncharted's, and I was pretty sure 3 came out last year. Well, it was... it was uh, 3 was... Was that PS3 still? It was still PS3, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was Samuel Drake. I don't know, I'm not, I'm not familiar with the Uncharted series, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not certain about who that is myself, I, even though I played the other 3. I'm going to guess this is his only one, and that also might play into it, quite honestly. He was in Halo 4 as an additional voice. Yeah, I'm legitimately, I know we're not, I know we're talking about this too long, audience, while I'm slowly scrolling through. Hey, he was in Ghost Recon Future Soldier 2. That's a very underrated game. <laughs> not just because I played it. But yeah, I'm not seeing him in any of the other ones. That makes it even more strange. We'll leave this one filed as, dude, uh, yeah, you might want to calm the fuck down a little bit, but just, it's not the worst thing I've seen on the internet. Like I said, it was straight, so I thought I'd bring it to the show. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think you're, I think you've summed it up. It's like it's 
dudes calm the fuck down, or everyone, all all eighty five hundred people calm the fuck down who are in that who are in that that petition. Now it's time to bash on. Well, kind of bash on EA a little bit, and then really bash on EA. Um, <laughs> so you well, mean so you mean this Thursday night? Well, no, we've we've always <laughs> been pretty fair to EA. We, we haven't jumped on the bandwagon when everybody else was voting voting a worst company ever in a poll that only mattered that it was a poll, and then they could go and tell their friends on Twitter. I kid, I kid. I know, but uh, I I I think the reason I respond that way is because my my mantra starting the show way back even with with Guns Age and Pat was. No sacred cows. Somebody does good, we, we pat them on the back. Like the time we talked about EA uh, winning awards for being lesbian and gay and gay, bi and transgender, you know, for a friendly place to work for them. None of the fucking blogs were doing it because that would have broke the culture and narrative. Oh, God can't fucking say EA is a good place to work. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so that's why I respond that way. Hey, it took me 298 shows to actually express that. I'm not mad at John. John, I knew John was kidding, but... I just I liked I, I I like to make sure that people understand that I'll bash them when they need bashing and believe me I guarantee you, you go back through 298 shows I've done it and we've done it but anyways uh for some reason uh, destructoid you're just going down the crapper in this uh anymore EA studio boss Patrick Soderlin has admitted he wasn't too keen on the idea of trench warfare fair at Battlefield 1. By the way, the headline was World War 1 wasn't the most obvious choice for Battlefield says EA boss. Obviously this comes in the duh category category. I I was not at all shocked to read this. As reported by GameSpot, it took persistence by development team Dice to obtain the go ahead to develop a shooter set in World War 1. World War I wasn't the most obvious choice, Sutherland said. If you look at what other partners in the industry are doing, whoop, 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 what have we been telling the fucking internet for 10 years? Uh, I know we haven't been on the air that long. They're going into sci-fi. We had a lot of success in the modern military space. Is your skin starting to crawl, John, with how how bad these idiots aren't trying anything new? Yeah. But we felt like there was need for a change. Yeah, after DICE basically probably told you we're not making another fucking modern military shooter, let us do something else, you pricks. <laughs> when the team presented the idea to war, of World War One, I, I absolutely rejected it. I said, World War One is trench warfare. It can't be fun to play. How the fuck would you know nobody's ever made a game in it? None, no, none of the AAA devs are. I'm sorry to the studio that made for done that. Early access game on Steam. <laughs> Your price is too high, but it is a good game. The videos I've watched on it, it's well done. I'm just cheap. I've got fourteen bazillion dollars sitting in the left of me. I still gotta assemble. I'm also broke. <laughs> um, the brief battle one, Battlefield One teaser shared recently has met a mostly positive reception. You know, even if it was a fully positive reception, you ha- <laughs> as a writer on the internet, you have to say that. Because you know there's one dickhead out there that's going to see that you said it was overwhelmingly positive and they'll just flood the comments with how they've been ripping it apart everywhere else. It's a sad state of affairs. You can't use the word. Because from my perspective, it's been the most positive thing EA has done in easily five years. And this fuckstick almost rejected it. And Sunderland is anxious to ensure that the team delivers what it promises, meaning there's probably going to be all kinds of gadgets that weren't in World War One stuck in there. And honestly, as much as I want to nail him on history, I'm not going to be too worried about it. Yes, it's gotten a lot of success, but what's most important is we have to go back and make sure we deliver on the full promise of what Battlefield can be, and that's what we'll do. You forgot a apostrophe S on that, dude. 
The team has announced another tidbit of good news. It will have a server browser. Oh, you know, I did play a lot of Battlefield 4 on PC, and it was slightly annoying to have to use my web browser to start the game. Because you basically just go look for a server, click it, The your web browser tells the game to start, or Origin if you don't have that open. And unlike Steam, I'm not keeping Origin open 24-7. That's what EA would like, because they want you to copy... They want to copy Steam verbatim, but, yes. uh, but you know, it, it ain't happening. Steam stays open because I talk to people on there, my friends and other people. And, you know, Origin, uh, my only friend is, um, my only friend is uh, Agent K, who I talk to on Steam. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, I'm actually going to have to remember what I did because while John and I were recording my last package for my PC that's been wandering the face of the earth, <laughs> uh has disappeared so we were talking about world war one or talking yeah, about battlefield okay. and i forget exactly what i was saying i had a point and probably shouldn't have stopped the recording but i did want to uh, talk to the fax driver <laughs> do you remember what the hell i was babbling about you, you were going on about how there was you know the, there's never been a world war one trench shooter and and then um and you went on about how you know they said it had never been done before but you and you were uh you thought that was wrong? Okay, okay, I got you. Well, here's the problem, though, ultimately. I, whatever I was saying before, this is going to sound disjointed, guys. I apologize, but shit happens. Here's the thing. You're not shocked at all that the big wigs at EA had a temper tantrum about fucking daring to go back to pre-fucking lasers and robots walking up walls and not becoming Halo. Here's where I see a problem, though. And it's why we're talking about this, even though I know longtime listeners, we've talked about about and around this a hundred times. This has to succeed. If I have to, I will buy multiple copies to make sure it succeeds. <laughs> John, you've known me a long time. Why do I think this has to succeed? What's my <laughs> underlying reason for it? No, sorry. Because we're going to get nothing but uh, Halo Group uh, Future Space Bros of Duty uh, if, we don't, if this thing doesn't uh, succeed. Exactly, and you know what? Homefront The Revolution came out this week. The sequel to Homefront, which some people will tell you was a complete broken train wreck, only because multiplayer was pretty much a wreck. Well, the thing I've never talked about when I've talked about Homefront and the fact that I liked it, even though, uh, you know, and I think Pat was all right with it, um, what broke the original Homefront was not the setting, was not the game mechanics, it was the netcode. Netcode was garbage. You couldn't connect to servers. You couldn't connect with your friends. Uh, it was G, Pat, and I playing it, and I, I know it pissed G off the most at the time, but I can barely remember what I had for breakfast. I can't remember the total deal. But um, that's not the game's fault. That's the, the, the netcode's fault, which is part of the game, but not you know it's not the game mechanics. Mm. So while the game was a little bland, it was competent. I'll just steal words from fucking Jim Sterling's <laughs> review of the of the new one but i read the three reviewers i trust the most including sterling and they all blasted homefront the revolution as being garbage and i was not shocked because it's jumped from studio hands to studio hands remember it was with thq and then they went belly up and then quick so uh deep silver got a hold of it and mm. then i think crisis the crisis um developer crytek finally made it and they had some issues last year where they were a little shaky and unsure what the hell was going on and so it, it ended up being a broken piece of garbage. But what terrifies me the most is not the game's bad. I mean, Age of K was a little upset because he thought he found a, a, an easier or a quick, another quick, fun shooter to play with his friends from work on PS4. Uh, it's that that setting was so unique. 
North Korea invades the U.S. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you, reviewers didn't seem to, but the hive mind is going to go, oh, it was because it was it was so un such an unrealistic setting. I mean, that was the bash on it when people who hadn't played it didn't intend to play it and just wanted to be pricks. Uh, we're talking about it the in the first game, you know. And it was, the single player was pretty bland, but it, it had so much potential. And so I am just convinced that you will never see a unique, though not realistically possible, uh, game setting scenario like that. Mm -hmm. And I fear the same damn thing with this Battlefield 1. You you nailed it right on the head. Because if this doesn't sell well, you know, if, if EA is stupid enough to think it's going to sell outside of Call of Duty, even with two million dislikes on the crappy put together trailer, uh... You know they're uh, they're nuts. I may be forced to go on Twitter and eat those words. Remember episode two ninety eight, guys? Well, yeah, it outsold Call of Duty. So. <laughs> but but that's that's always my biggest fear because and the only reason I brought this up. I mean, I don't know if you were cringing, but the first time I read this, I was cringing because it's just such sounds like it sounds like any of the AAA studio bigwigs, doesn't it? Activision, Ubisoft. I mean, if I left oh, the name well, out, yeah. if I left the name out, you probably couldn't have figured out exactly who I was talking about. Mm -hmm. If I'd worded it in such a way it was just big game that's, you know, it would have been fairly difficult since there hasn't been too many teasers and trailers out. But that's the thing. They're so steadfast in trying it. You almost could hear him say, we wanted to do the same thing COD was doing, which would have meant the sequel to Battlefield 2143. Mm -hmm. You know, which I, in a way, DICE has a leg up on that because they made 2143. But it also to... I know you probably don't know them as well as I do, but if I was going to give one team uh, or one set of teams, because it's Dice in Sweden and then Dice LA, uh, and which is was also Dice LA was an amalgamation of Dice LA and Danger Close, who made the Medal of Honor reboot. That I wouldn't call it underrated, but it wasn't a bad game either. Like the Hive Mind and a lot of reviewers tried to slaughter it. Mm -hmm. um, and they were the guys that fixed a lot of the multiplayer issues in Battlefield 4. And I know that the, the, the main DICE studio is working a lot with DICE LA to, to work on this one. My hope is is that uh, the main Hivemind studio is working on the game itself. And that DICE LA is working on the netcode and other things. It gives me some hope for EA at the same time too, though, John. Because one thing they did with Battlefield 4 is they made this thing. I, can't, I think it was called QTE. Or CTE, Community Testing Environment, where they released multiplayer maps and other things, and anybody could get in it. In it, I, I downloaded it, but by the time I, by the time that I got the game and was playing it a lot, you know, uh, expansions and DLC were done. Right. But a lot of YouTubers who love Battlefield, like Jack Frags, is the the one that immediately pops to mind. Would spend a lot of time in CTE and giving Dice feedback. And I think Dice, if nothing else, maybe not EA. Let's 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 not get that crazy. Learned that you know, hey, maybe you know, maybe if we work this a little different, we can make these games better at launch. And Battlefront had a pretty uh pretty trouble free launch from what I saw. How 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 soon after it came out did you play Battlefront? I know you got it because Battlefront. Oh um, Star I waited. I, I waited for a, I waited for a sale. I mean, I waited. Uh... No, I only got it. It was after. It was after. We came out when November, so I got it after Christmas. Uh, it was around February, Marchish, I guess. And it was a half price sale that I got it. Okay, so you weren't exactly in on the launch problems, but honestly, 
Battlefield 4 had so many netcode issues, and for those of you going, what's netcode? Oh, he's just making excuses for Homefront because he had <laughs> this and that and the other thing. I, I could explain netcode to you, but we'd be here until about 10 o'clock at night because that's how long it took somebody to explain it to me and about twice as long for me to finally understand it. <laughs> it's just a thing that can make or fuck up <laughs> games in a real quick hurry. Somehow Activision's always had pretty good luck with it, at least lately. <laughs> the early... Modern Warfare's no. Bungie seems to be the only one that really has an understanding of it. Oh yeah, Bungie, Bungie the, the the online Bungie experience is very very smooth. Yeah, I mean it's always been, hasn't it, more or less? Uh, from what everybody's told me, and even when I played Halo One on PC, they were in charge of the servers, and it was one of the smoothest. And we're talking that was the old days, people. Like I think <laughs> I might have had DSL, but I think it was like maybe one or two meg. <laughs> you know. We're not talking like the most flawless shit ever that you're hooking up with, let alone hooking up to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and and whether it was Microsoft or, or Bungie running the servers, the vague recollections I have of the probably week or two I played it before I got bored and said, this is ridiculous. Sorry. I've come around on Halo in the time we've been on this show. Shut up. Breach is one of my favorite games <laughs> um, of the of the span we've been doing the show, at least. The... You know, it was it was well run, and Destiny didn't have too many issues. But Battlefront, from what I heard, and believe me, like I said, if you bought it in March, Battlefront would probably still have been having issues if it had the amount of issues Battlefield 4 did. Mm -hmm. Which leads us to where I am going to beat the hell out of EA. I'm not too upset at him. I expect that kind of nonsense. This nonsense, I want to smack a bit. Let's just put it like that. The headline alone almost is be enough. Oh, hi, Internet. You gonna, you're having a slow... Oh, God. Well, I don't know if the news is going to load because some of these fucking sites archive their crap faster than others. And so it, it goes into it. Oh, yeah, you're not going to give it to you. I'll, I'll give you guys the headline and we'll start the discussion. Ah, oh, there it goes. Fucking VGA from 24-7 should be called shit tons of ads 24-7. The headline, Star Wars lacked a campaign to make it in time for The Force Awakens launch. Oh, yeah. uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how irritated, slash mad, slash frustrated, slash annoyed, slash however you'd like to term it, do you think I was when I read that headline? Ooh. <laughs> you were? Um, I thought you were going to ask me how mad I was when I read that headline. Um, you can give your own here in a minute, but just yeah. going off me, what do you think I was? 1, in, one to 10. Well, if you, if you if you had bought the game and heard that, I think you'd be a little more annoyed, but if, if you uh, ha haven't bought the game... I'll give you I'll give you a, a five or six out of ten. That's that's yep. See, <laughs> he's been doing this show with me for three years, people. He's he probably knows me better than I'd really, I really even than I understand. <laughs> Sorry for the stumble. I was trying to find the correct words, not the usual stupid ones I use. Um, may finally learn to speak by the time we do episode three hundred. Wouldn't that be a fucking joy <laughs> to behold? Uh, anyways, the. Yeah, five to six would be right, because I, I'd say it was probably a four just on the headline, but then to read that released mid-November, just a couple weeks ahead of the Star Wars The Force Awakens. The movie was highly anticipated, and EA wanted to have Battlefront ready to launch alongside it because of this publisher, like, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Again, it's Patrick Sauterlin, poor bastard. I do kind of feel sorry for you, dude. You're getting it fucking twice. That's according to him, who told investors at the company's Investor Day briefing that it was a conscious decision. We made the choice due to timing and being able to launch the game side by side with the movie that came out to get the strongest impact. 
It had a 75 Metacritic rating, and a lot of that was because it says it right here in the story. I'm not that good. Um, it, it was a lot of it was because there was no fucking single player. And what what they tried to tack on, a la Destiny and um, shit, the one Respawn made with telling you the story with cutscenes. Now, it sounds like you were annoyed because you bought it, so we'll get to you in a second, and you can give your number as well. Here's my problem, and maybe this will add to what you have to say, John, or give you something else to add, you know, a... a if this was like Indiana Jones, which is kind of falling off the face of the earth and running out of steam, or even like a Marvel, like Civil War just came out, right? I could see wanting to do it on something of that level, right? But this was J.J. Abrams' Star Wars. Every nerd worth his salt was convinced now that we were rid of the plague that is Lucas and Jar Jar Binks and all the other bullshit, this was going to be the greatest movie ever, ever. What we got was them playing it safe and copying all the original trilogy. Um, sorry. <laughs> I had to do it before the show was over. I held it when we talked about it after we'd all seen it, but I went, I ain't holding my tongue no more. Fucking safe-ass bastards. I don't blame Abrams. I don't want my, I wouldn't want my ass flayed on the internet. But, um, my point is, sorry, is that the game launched two weeks before. They had a window of probably two months after that, at least a month after that movie launched, to still be in the hot period. That mm. movie was everywhere for two solid months. Three, if you count the month before the game, the movie even released, you know. And to a point in nerd culture, which is also the same people that buy games most of the time, it was a solid year. I mean, all of us were swearing off talking about it because we had talked about it so many episodes. Like, mm -hmm. six months before it came out. I I know it's bullshit. I know it's always going to be bullshit. They realized that they fucked the pooch, and so now they're trying to cover for it when they should have just kept their fucking mouth shut. But this is the saddest reason why, given that this is Star fucking Wars. It was going to sell the same, whether it launched alongside the movie. Quite possibly if it launched by itself as much as people love Star Wars Battle and love the old games. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what's your what's your number first in your perspective on this when you read the news? Well, uh, I, I would um, I would uh, for my own I would say about a four to five only because a I bought it on sale. I didn't if I pay, if I had if I had been one of the pre order guys and bought the super duper edition and I was I spent a lot of cash and and you know no dangling that in front of my face as so here's the thing you didn't get is it's annoying um, as a person you know. It, had there been a single player game, I might I might have gotten that edition, you know, for that for that um, just for you know for interest and and certainly when I if <clears throat> presumably the quality of that single player would be as good as the multiplayer is if you know if it were that good I would have definitely would have been on board um, with the story play I mean the multiplayer is fun it's great you know it's a good game and and what you're saying about making it like Destiny and stuff and have, you know. There's a lot of content in there for a multiplayer game. Again, I'm, I'm still glad I didn't pay the full seventy bucks or eighty bucks they wanted. So you know, paying the thirty-five or forty I did uh, st still made economic sense to me. But you know, so I'm not, I'm not as mad as I would have been if I had I spent a lot of a lot of money on this thing. Um, or I should not mad is not really the word, but annoyed. But the you know, it would have been cool because just the. You can tell that the people who made this game had a real love for the series and the and the and the feel and the universe and stuff. So, I think I think a single player story would have been pretty fun had they had a chance to had they done it. 
I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe because Bioware is not owned by EA. I'm looking that up right now because I don't remember if they get sucked up by them or not. But I don't know why DICE has to struggle so much with getting to do what they want. When they've made so amazing games. Yes, Battlefield got a little repetitive, but again, that was EA. No, they are, yeah, Bioware is owned by them. Okay, this makes my point even stronger there. Because Bioware, short of Dragon Age 2, I'm willing to admit, or I'm, I'm willing to accept that the Hive Mind sees Dragon Age 1 is different. They're all fucking wrong. Um, game was the most boring fucking leftovers. And Bioware got rid of all of its leftovers, at least, so that made Dragon Age Inquisition all that much better. Because <laughs> they used all their leftover shit from 30 years of making RPGs on the first one. It's also a game I'll be replaying when I get this one. PC built because it was pretty on low settings. Um, yet Dice has to struggle and struggle and struggle. And I know Dice is such a good, conscientious studio, have been for years that I can't get why EA keeps fucking raining them like this. And again, it's like we talked about when we were talking about Battlefront. And why I wouldn't buy it? They lost the sale for me because there was no single player. It's just a Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the Star Wars universe. Even the MMO, Knights of the Old Republic's fun to run around and learn some of the lore. You know, I, I played two or three stints of that just because I enjoyed the lore. I enjoyed being in the universe again. Like the Knights of the Old Republic uh, single-player RPGs were. And that's where I, other things not having... What the fuck was the name of that respawn? Titanfall. Titanfall mm. not having a single-player? Eh, who gives a fuck? You know, if I'd been heavily into first-person shooters like I was, like, say, back when we started this show... I probably would have bought Titanfall. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have a crew to play it with. I need at least a couple people, you know. And I mean, Pat bought it, but Pat's Pat's busy. He's got a son and a life and good. I'm extremely happy for him, always have been. But, you know. Was that, was that next-gen only or on, on 360 as well? Uh, I think it was 360. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm looking. But, you know, that, because I'm not invested in Titanfall's universe. At all. I don't even know what its universe is, quite frankly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear But you. this is Star Wars. No, it came out on Xbox 360. Microsoft Windows, Xbox 360, Xbox One. I tell you right now, Respawn wasn't happy about losing sales because the next one's multi-platform. Mm -hmm. So M MS must not have been able to throw enough cash at them <laughs> to make it exclusive again. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I often get the sense since Phil Spencer took over that... MS is far less concerned about banging heads against Sony one-on-one, -on -one, which is where EA could take a lesson when it comes to Activision. Uh, and that they know in the long run they'll make their money back on the Xbox One. You know, and so it that's just the... And I think that's a good position to get into if you can. It's mm -hmm. much like the Troy Baker thing. I, I think the I think the one thing we've not done on this show, or at least I personally feel like I've not done on this show that I probably should have, I can see myself in a lot of these situations. You know, if you're a competitive person, and it's obvious there's a lot of higher-ups at EA that are. Um, I sure as fuck know P Peter Moore is. It, it, you want to beat the competition. You want to beat Activision. But sometimes it, it, playing the long game, you know, the, the tortoise and the hare, is what yeah. you have to do. Mm-hmm. Because if Activision, okay, Activision might get away with it this time with Infinite Warfare. We're not Halo, but we're getting there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought of that one on the spot. Some of them I think of beforehand. That was a new one. That was brand new. And I promised myself I'd stop explaining my own jokes and I'd do it again anyway. Oh, why change now? Um, but, you know, if they do this again, 
this is their last shot. They better go back to World War Two or do what EA did for so long and make their own World War One game. Because I don't think the fans. I think the fans are genuinely upset this time. For again, for long time listeners, I have said that multiple times with active, with COD. COD is the one I've always gotten wrong. I've always thought was on its last legs. You know. But while 2 million dislikes or whatever it's up to now, it keeps going up, <laughs> is a lot of trolling. You dig through the layers like an onion. Don't you think, John, that there's there's a opinion shift in there somewhere of what Activision is feeding their fans? In term, in, What do you mean in terms of which? In terms of there are people legitimately upset and going to do what I did and not play COD anymore because, oh my uh, God, it's... It, it, uh, again, I know I've I've sensed this before, had a gut instinct that this was the way before, but it feels stronger than ever this time. There's something else behind that Infinite Warfare trailer dislike besides people bandwagoning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're they want that they want that the, what was it the Halo, not quite Halo, but almost there. Uh, we're not game. we're not Halo yet, but we're getting there. Ooh, that's that's what I'm officing. <laughs> TM. <laughs> TM. TM, yeah, little TM. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they want that. They want that money. They want that, what, what they think everybody wants, and, you know, whether it is or not, I don't know, but yeah, they're, they're, there's definitely a, a change a, a change of direction, and again, maybe it's the lower risk to, you know, everyone wants to make a buck without taking any risks, and they want to, you know, Halo sells a lot all the time, and, and let's, let's do that, you know? Well, again, maybe I'm nuts and we won't know because we won't be doing the show anymore. But I think Halo's kind of in an odd place, too, because <clears throat> people liked 5, but it's kind of running out of steam. This yeah. World War One thing, if Battlefield gets this even closer, I this could start. This could start a process whereby, like, say, 2018, we're all sick of World War One. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting. I mean, I, I watched that trailer. It, 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 did, it did seem pretty fresh compared to... The thing, you know, to all the futuristic, you know, dudes in big battle armor gear um, shooters that are all on the go. Well, if you, and I'm saying this to John and to you at home, if you want a good breakdown, I've mentioned him multiple times, um, but Jack Frags, that's his name, it's YouTube, youtube.com slash Jack Frags. Uh, he does tremendous breakdown videos doing the research and collating it and putting it all together of what people have figured out about that trailer. Mm-hmm. And even my cursory glance, you heard me talk about this a little bit last week with Chris and, the, and Olivia and, and uh, oh shit, Chris's brother, whose name is escaping me. My apologies, dude. Um, Andrew, uh, the, you know, a lot of those weapons were really authentic. That's what caught my eye. And then as I watched it again, I looked at some of the uh, vehicles and armor and, and cross-checked them a little bit. But Jack Frags has done a tremendous set of videos on breaking down not only what he saw behind the scenes because he was invited to the London premiere with Dice, mm-hmm. um, but also too that how historically accurate they have been. And and I'm sure there's going to be some stuff where, as somebody who's has an interest in history, I'm going to kind of chuckle and roll my eyes. But as long as it doesn't break the atmosphere, I think that isn't that the biggest thing in a video game if they set it in a certain time period. 
you're willing to overlook total historical accuracy as long as it doesn't break the atmosphere. Isn't that basically what we're after? Exactly. You, you want to be in the experience. You want to be immersed. And yeah, as long as it's consistent and, and does it well, that's all that matters. And I think that's I think Dice has a pretty good hold on that. I, again, history nerds like me are probably going to see stuff. Well, trust me, you go watch Jack's videos. <laughs> there are history nerds that even terrify me <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> The amount of research and frame by frame looking they did at the trailer, um, but I, that's all I want. And you know the the downside, and I guess I should have said something a couple of weeks ago because it would have been able, I would have been able to point to a file and say, "Hey, look, I called it." There are there is a tiny baby bit of rumbling. I won't even call it a backlash. It's 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 giving it too much credit to call it that. Mm-hmm. Of how uh, of talking about was it really right to set this in World War One because of how brutal that war was? Yeah, and they almost have a point. And if it wasn't from places like The Verge and Polygon, which are attempting to be like New York Times slash tabloids, <laughs> I don't consider the New York Times a tabloid, but writing in that very verbose and and look at me, I'm Intelligista style, but yet still doing the clickbait headlines uh, of, of like a Fox News or an MSNBC. My pro- I guess my problem is, I don't know, John, what do you think of that? Is, is, is that war over all the, other, all the other historical wars games have been made about more brutal to you? Or how do you feel? Well, I, I mean, personally, as, as, a, as, a set, as a setting for a video game, I, I think it's as fair game. As anything else, I mean, all wars are brutal. All wars are terrible, you know. But you know, as as a set piece, I, I don't I don't think it's I, I, for a, for a game. I don't think it's any different than another, really. Do you? Do you think it's any different? No, you nailed what I was going to say right off the top, and 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 bravo. Any any war is brutal. World War One was probably more brutal because it was. A changing of how militaries fought mm-hmm. from horse and even like lances to machine guns that can mow hundreds of people down and tanks. So in history, you see these periods where the technology is on the precipice of changing. And so it things are much more visceral, much more brutal. But in an overall sense, no, all war is brutal. And that's, I talked a little bit last week about the fact that I do own firearms, that a lot of these historical firearms that will be in Battlefield 1 even, I have actually fired myself. And one of the one of the sides that the people who don't like guns or, or, or think they should be, you know, cleansed from the civilian populations don't understand is part of the thing, if you're not a complete nutter, part of the thing you understand the more you're around firearms is just how powerful and brutal they are. Mm-hmm. Even if you're just firing them at targets. Just the sound. The, the you know, the damage it does to... to targets or to animals um obviously i've never shot at people god i hope i never have have to you know that's the thing if you're if you're quote-unquote responsible about dangerous tools you use whether they're guns or not and i know some people hate that when uh people call them tools but in a sense they are you're also Mm -hmm. very respectful of of that power and and that's the thing to me is Anything that's going to involve firearms and firearms that civilians can't get their hands on that fire mass amounts of rounds is going to be brutal. Um, you know, I, I'm fine with them pointing it out. If they keep it going and try and make it into this thing of like the six days of Fallujah mess that broke out, you know, that developer that made a game about the 
six day fight for Fallujah, Iraq. Yep. Uh, that was driven by veterans. So I'm, I, we didn't really talk about it on the show because it's like, okay, veterans are having a problem with it. That's fine. I still thought it was a little bit like really it's a video game, you know, years and years ago. And this is one of the reasons I respect him, no matter how much I disagree with him at times these days, years and years ago, when Jim was still with Destructoid, he did this video where he talked about uh, realism and what he did. And I could not believe the owner of, of Destructoid Nero let him do this. But he did a uh, he did a video where he talked about the realism and it's not really realistic. And then he put up the video of Bud Dwyer shooting himself. Mm-hmm. Do not go watch that video. <laughs> I'm not going to be responsible. It, the, the video made me sick. Not like physically sick, but just was. It's probably one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. And that's real violence, you know. And Frankie on PC, another YouTuber I like, uh, all you know, did a really great video on how you know if you were really injured in Battlefield, uh, you know, if you were wounded, you couldn't play the game for six months. Mm-hmm. If you were dead, somebody would smash your PC. <laughs> you know, I I mean, and so that's. That's where the problem is, to me. But you nailed it right on the head. All wars are brutal. You know, point it out. That's fine. It was a changing times. I mean, we're, theoretically, we're in one right now, um, you know, of dealing with some of these insurgents and pterodactyls, as Glacinator called them so brilliantly. Uh, yeah, they don't fight like our your country's army, my country's army, a lot of Western countries' armies are used to, or the civilian populations in those countries. <laughs> they don't play by the rules. Um, it's amazing what happens when human nature runs amok. But, you know, and so th- th- things, they, they were making fun of, what the hell game was that? I guess it was Metal Gear Solid. Uh, a lot of things change, but war never does. Mm-hmm. As much as that's cliched as fuck, Sadly, it's one of those cliches that's absolutely true. It's still going to be brutal. It's still going to be just absolutely something you should never, ever, ever, ever do unless you absolutely need to. You know, I don't give a shit what your political beliefs are. That should that should be your stance of the, it just it's not a good thing. Yeah. But anyways, we'll see. We'll see what happens as as the fall comes on. I, I do intend. I'm not. <laughs> the price put me off. I was really close to getting the, the collector's edition with the Harlem, Harlem Hellfighters statue, but I thought having a PC that could run it top-notch might be a better call. So I, mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't buy it. 250 bucks though, it had me thinking about it. It's first collector's edition in a long, long time I've seriously thought about. It, you should go at least check it out because it's... Oh, it's, wow. It's, $250. It's, yeah, it's pretty well... Is that is it 250 in Canada, too? They're not oh, oh, no, no, no. I mean, and 250 even if it was Canadian, is uh, is pretty big. I know, but you know how they've liked to screw you over lately. <laughs> oh, yes, I know. It's probably like 800 bucks here. Um... The last thing we want to talk about, we'll have to get to it quick because we we're kind of run, running towards our time. But uh, this was interesting to me for a couple different reasons. This comes from GameIndustry.biz. Um, Raw Fury wants to close the gates on the developer Valley of Death. Now, I'm going to attempt to read this. I've tried to get away from that because we all know how horrible I am at it. But it could uh, it could have some... Uh, it, it has a lot of good bits in it. And there's a couple topics I want to bring up out of it. Here's the article, John, so you can... Read it, too, if you want, uh, while I'm reading it to the audience. Poor launch sales can mean the end for smaller studios. It's time to reconsider how publishers build and judge success. Oh, is it time? I apologize. See, fucked up already. When Kathy Rain launched, well below expectations. Now, if you don't know, Kathy Rain's a point-and-click adventure. Uh, it's pretty, from what I've read on the reviews, It's it, it covers some pretty touchy subjects, some pretty deep stuff. It's got a female lead, which we all know the man-babies and their fucking adult diapers will have 
toddler tantrum over that fact alone. Get a fucking life. Um, but it's actually a point-and-click adventure set in kind of a pixelated 8-bit retro thing that I'm seriously considering about picking up at some point. And I'm not a fan of that crap. I played through it the first time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that to give you a little background. But uh, Fury Road, who was the publisher, chose not to follow the established and accepted norm and cut its losses. In an age of digital storefronts and vast choice, the indie publisher reasoned that it now makes more sense to back the developer. Kathy Rain was developed by Joel Stahlhasto, a new client for Fury Road. The publisher previously worked with a studio called Noi and Licorice, whose name, Game Kingdom recouped its investment within 24 hours. Neither Hosto nor Fury Road anticipated the same high degree of success, but despite its user and critic reviews falling in line with their expectations, Kathy Rain hasn't come near to covering the cost after two weeks on sale. When we partnered up with Hosto, the one-man army we know as Clifftop Games, we didn't do so expecting to become insta-rich when the game launched, the company said in a blog post. We expected the game to be loved, though, and as we loved it, and we expected it to do well financially over a longer period of time. It is a niche game from a new developer in a very tough space within games, and these things take time and patience. Even though things have started off a bit slowly on the sales side, we know that eventually the game will turn a nice profit. It will grow a long tail because of its critical acclaim, timeless looks, and a story that tackles taboo stuff not typically discussed in video games. The same could be said for many indie titles, but while a publisher like Raw Fury, Raw Fury cannot afford to be patient, the same can't be said for Clifftop Games. Way too often, the developer can't survive this sort of scenario, usually because they don't have the sources of income. They are, to put it frankly, fucked. This is especially true for newer and smaller developers. Raw Fury's team has witnessed the repercussions of launches like Kathy Rain many times before. The developer forced to, into work for hire to sell their IP, to give up even more of the eventual revenue, and extreme cases to leave the industry altogether. All the while, your critically, game, critically acclaimed game goes on to slowly but surely cover the investment made by your publisher, allowing them to at least recoup their costs. This time, Fury Road is taking a different approach. The company has pledged to support Clifftop Games for another 12 months or until the point at which Kathy Rain has recovered its investment and Clifftop's revenue shares can keep the studio going. The terms of the existing deal will not be altered. Clifftop will retain ownership of its IP and it will be free to work with other projects in that 12-month period, so on and so forth. Um, we consider this an investment in ourselves, Raw Fury said. Our long-term growth is founded in our reputation, approach, and behavior. We want our actions to speak loudly. We've helped create and publish two amazing games already, and here is an opportunity to allow, to affect a broader change when it comes to the dynamics of a classic publisher-developer relationship. In an industry that is smack full of imposter syndrome, depression, anxiety, and other things that are sometimes associated with their emotional work, with the emotional work that goes into creativity, it is important, also important to think about how we measure the success and failure. Da, 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 da. Now, while I find this cool that they're going to support the guy until the game turns a profit, which I, I do believe it will, um, even as somebody who's not a sm- massive fan of indies who thinks the indie darling thing sometimes needs to get the fuck over itself, I, 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 I'm very curious about this game. And so I, I do think that it will... Uh, will turn a profit. It will work out the best for Clifftop Games and Hosto. In fact, I may actually just put it on my Steam account so that the guy gets a few bucks and I'll play it when I get time. But uh, first off, what's your take on the on, on the publisher kind of reworking the deal favorable to them and the developer? 
it is a rarity in in this industry. I do have to say that much. Yeah, I th- I think that's pretty cool. I mean, there's definitely giving giving these guys a chance to breathe because. I'm sure there's so much, you know, front end pressure to to deliver, and again, recoup costs in two weeks or or <clears throat> sorry, 24 hours and stuff. I mean, it's 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 pretty cool that they're going to give them a chance to, to breathe, and even if it's not a smash crazy hit, to at least you know have it out there uh, available and not and not be shuttered in by by perceived failure. You know, it's it's pretty cool. Well, the thing about it is. is <clears throat> The, the, I think the takeaway that the that the uh, reader is hoping it was a, well now it's just EA and and I'm reading a lot into this I I admit oh now it's just the bigger publishers would do the same and they wouldn't treat indie so horrible all oh, you know and then, and I'm reading a lot into it but I guarantee you a lot of people are going to walk away with that attitude. Gameindustry.biz is usually pretty damn neutral and I'm okay with publishers doing this. Okay, here's my thing though. Along with that, why don't these publishers work with these dev studios on managing their money better? Because mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm tasked with making something for somebody and they give me a budget. Now, I'm not saying this guy had a publishing deal signed before he started the game. I'm just saying that if somebody comes to me with a welding project or a building project or build a PC for them, they give me a budget. I make it, I make it within that budget and make a little profit on the top, right? But right. if I don't, if I go over budget, it comes out of my own pocket. And if I go bankrupt because of that, that's my responsibility. That's my fault. My problem is, is a lot of this is the fact that publishers are dicks. Mm-hmm. Activision's dicks. Ubisoft's dicks. Take-Two could be dicks. EA's dicks. We know that. But again, as it's always been with this podcast, let's call a spade a spade. How are these guys running that far out of money? Making these indie games that a lot of the assets can be bought and repurposed for relatively low cost. Now, it runs into a problem when they're just bought and flipped and turned loose on Steam Early Access, you know, uh, and and nothing done to them, and other creators are getting ripped off by fucking fly-by-night jerks. So you do have to put some effort into it to take any asset you buy from, say, the Unity Store or or from the Unreal, you know, engine, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But my, my question is, is there's a lot of industries and a lot of people... You know, like, you got bills, John. You think the bank's really going to care if you spent too much money on this, that, and the other thing and you couldn't pay your power bill? Mm-hmm. You know, you know how to be responsible with money. You know what it takes, what you have to, what bills you have to pay throughout the month, you and Wanda. And so, you know, you, you were very careful. You were talking about it two weeks ago due to, due to you know, changes in, in taxes and things. Yep. So while I'm fine with more publishers doing this, and I think it's a damn cool thing... Why can't we have a little education go along with it? Because the biggest problem I see as I observe the internet is the same problem I saw like at the start of WonderPodOnline.com. We had a kid, not going to name him. Everybody that's associated with the WPO crew knows who I'm talking about, but I'm not going to name him. I'm not going to shame people. He's a good dude. He started making a video series, right? Pretty decent, a little rough, a little raw, as everything is when you start. <laughs> Listen to the first 15 or 20 episodes of this show. And... Some, some, including myself, will tell you maybe all of them. Uh, the and he made it. I don't know, two, three episodes, and then he got frustrated, frustrated, and he got upset. And believe it or not, and I know again, there's people who are going to kill me for mentioning him again. 
he got frustrated because he thought Jim Sterling was doing the same show he was and was ripping him off and this, that, and the other thing. And, and at that point, Jim was not what he is today. He had just started at Destructoid. I had not been back very long. Mm-hmm. Hell, we might not even have been on Waterpod Online at that point. His first one might have appeared on the second incarnation of Morphine Nation. Bottom line is, is while the kid's heart was in the right place for a minute, or, or for the most part, he got it in his head that everybody who put a little time and effort into making stuff instantly got noticed, instantly got thousands of views on YouTube, this, that, and the other thing. And it just doesn't work that way. Never does. You know, you can pour out a lot of sweat and tears. I refuse to say blood anymore because I've done a lot of stuff on the internet and you have yet to bleed for it. Um, and, and never get anything in return, you know. Maybe mm-hmm. no. Maybe you just didn't get the right break. Maybe you're not good enough. I mean, there's so many things. Some of them that are just not fun to think about if you're the creator. And unfortunately, in this indie game scene, and this is not even counting the the asset flippers I was talking about who are just trying to, you know, scam people. People with genuine interest in being a creator and who are genuinely passionate about what they do. You know, they're not. A lot of them aren't going to make it, and so they spend all this money without any thought to the future or future year or if this doesn't work out and then they go belly up, you know? And while I have sympathy, it's like at some point, personal responsibility has to come into play here. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. So, I mean, you have, to, I, I think you're making a very good point about managing your money right from the get go. Everyone has big dreams and excitement, but you gotta, you gotta keep it on the, on the up and up. Don't, 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 over, don't overdo it. You gotta manage so yeah, having that having that available to the guy the guy belong probably would be a big help. Well, and the other thing I was talking about, um, the you know the reason I mentioned the reason I met I, I mentioned the video thing with that kid was I know a lot of these people are looking at Jonathan Blow and even God help me, even though he's off the internet never to return, Phil Fish. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm shit. Even some of Tim Schafer's current work. You know, he's not indie, but he's done Kickstarters. He's done, you know, a lot of stuff that probably major studios would have, you know, given him the old one-finger salute. And and not everybody's going to be that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you, you got to have realistic expectations. As, as in addition to being very smart about how you budget and how you plan things of, of that nature. You know, I, I think back, there's a there was a, a, a cowboy, it's, I would... I'll call it Cowboy. It's a Cowboy song by a singer, sadly, who's no longer with us, that, that rodeo. And one line in this song he had talking about, so you want to be a cowboy, it, it said, for every man that makes it, a hundred never will. This applies to all sports, not just rodeo, and it also applies to this stuff, whether it's podcasting, whether it's YouTube, whether it's whatever. I mean, you could do it as a hobby, like we mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. and have a blast. We've had a blast for six, almost six years, but I got news for you. We haven't made a thin dime off of it. I mean, there's a few bucks from website advertising, but that's being scrolled away in case there comes a day where I'm short on funds to pay the hosting. That's bloody simple. <laughs> you know, it'll never be touched for anything else. And that, you know, I, I, I've even stated before, if I could if I could buy John and Glacinator or Pat or whoever, you know, if I could afford extra cash to buy him games to review and say, hey, here, I'm going to send you this game on Steam, review it for the website. I would, you know. Mm-hmm. There's still a slight possibility that could become a thing. But... When you're doing it as a hobby, you have to have realistic expectations. Fun again, as I've yammered about in a lot of my YouTube videos as of late, it's it fun has to be the key, you know. But that's just that's just my opinion. There's been a lot of stories like this, not maybe so much a publisher helping out instead of just buying up the IP and telling them to piss off. Uh, 
Because I can tell you right now, I've never heard I'd never heard of Raw Fury until I read this article. So it's obviously they're not you know a giant publisher in the industry. Uh, it doesn't mean they're not important. It doesn't mean they're not doing a good thing. It's just they're not a household name. Mm-hmm. The but you know it's just a, a little bit of education. You know maybe maybe some of these uh, GDC should be about managing finances. It's not a bad thing. No, definitely not. You know, and and well, I mean, what, could it, what could it hurt? Exactly. All you're doing is in, in, increasing the chance that somebody could. I mean, honestly, again, and we'll close out the show with what I was babbling about to start with. I probably was three weeks later because I made damn sure everything was in place and good to go, so I could make you know an over five hundred dollar parts order for a PC. I was impatient. I didn't want to. <laughs> you know, you have all those five year old me things. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, that's in all of us. Oh God, it's driving me bonkers. Oh shit, my friends are gonna kill me because I'm like I'm doing right now, babbling on about it. But, <laughs> but I'm an adult. I have responsibilities. So yeah. I had to do what I had to do until I could was able to do you know do it. I don't like it. Nobody likes it. But sometimes that's just the way it is. Oh yes. God help us all. We were educational or something. And and honestly, that's <laughs> that's the biggest reason I I grabbed the story for tonight. If you're good, I'm good, sir. We'll read the sh- I'll do the sting and then we'll get out of here. Sure thing. Okay, if you'd like to get in touch with us, we have a ton of ways you can do that. First off, our Facebook. It's WonderPod Online. All one word, WonderPod Online. Shoot us a friend request, unless you're an abs- obvious bot. We'll accept it. We have a Twitter account. It's at WonderPod Online. All one word, at WonderPod Online. And I'm going to make the show longer because I just remember something. You know who followed the at WonderPod Online Twitter account today? Who? Nolan Bushnell. Nolan Bushnell? Yes, as in the... Yeah, I'm starting to see why he followed us. The creator of fucking Pac-Man? Holy shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't remember the password to the WonderPod Online Twitter account, so I'm gonna, I can't follow him back. I will get that <laughs> sorted tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, Nolan Bushnell, this has got to be a troll account, but it's got the little fucking verified tick and everything. Wow. He follows like 47,000 people and is being followed by like 48,000. I mean, it's nostalgic <laughs> to older nerds like us, but it's just a very cool thing. And Mr. Bushnell, if you ever listen to this show, I don't know why you followed us, but Thank you. It was that was so freaking awesome. Um, Neat. Oh man, that's cool. But uh, yeah, it was kind of an awesome note for the for the podcast at least to go out on. Uh, okay, so I did a Twitter account. We have a website, wonderpodonline.com, wonderpodonline.com, where I post this podcast. That's an always thing until we go off the air. But there's also articles, videos, a lot of archives to go through. It's a little slow now, which uh, that's to be expected. Again, we're hobbyists. Um, I post my silly videos there, but when I post the podcast there. I post it with an embedded player, which is going to last even after the show goes off the air and shit as iTunes is becoming. God knows how long we'll stay there. <laughs> uh, speaking of downloads and crapping on one of your <laughs> one of your sources, uh, we are in mm-hmm. iTunes. Search WonderPod. If you don't like iTunes, we're on archive.org where the entire catalog of the show, I've lost count. It's over 300 of stuff we've done. Uh, let's see, then all that. Oh, yeah, YouTube channels. The uh, WonderPod Online YouTube channel. Glacinator's got a YouTube channel. I've got one that's under Bruce McGee. The Olivia made this YouTube channel. The What Chris Does YouTube channel. Fuck, Andrew, I've already forgotten your YouTube channel. Sorry, dude. I will get it for the last two, I promise. Uh, ah, fuck it. If none of that works for you, because this is taking way too long with the Bushnell thing. And we have an email address. It's WonderPod at WonderPodOnline.com. WonderPod at WonderPodOnline.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at O-R-I-G-I-M. Or you can follow John on Twitter. At John Kehoe, J-O-N-K-E-H-O-E. 
until episode 299. I left that Bushnell news in just for the end of the show to see how many people listen to that mess I do. So I'm out of here. See you, people. Cheers, guys. Thank <laughs> you.